Okay, so today I want to talk a little bit about um, how we develop policies and procedures in the athletic training clinic. And specifically, these are looking at clinical policies and procedures, but understand that administrative policies and procedures could be developed in a very similar way, or those may be dictated to you by um, people in higher offices above you. Um, but you can always work with those people to make sure that those policies are aligning with what um, you're trying to accomplish in your clinical setting. But by and large, athletic trainers are going to be responsible for creating their own versions of policies and procedures as they pertain to the clinical aspects of their job. So clinical policies and procedures can have a vast array of different topics that you'd want to consider for implementation in your in your clinic and your clinical practice. And these can be things like crisis intervention. What happens if a patient or a student athlete is experiencing a mental health crisis and what's your policy and procedure for doing that? Um, it could just be kind of mental health well-being and it may not necessarily be a crisis per se, but maybe there is a policy for dealing with, um, you know, depression or bipolar or things like that in the clinic. Um, sports related concussions or traumatic brain injuries would be another great policy that every clinic should absolutely have. And um, those should always align with best practices as well for, for not only concussions, but all of these policies and procedures, um, lightning safety, hot, cold environments, and what are your policies for that? Emergency action plans, helmet removal, spine injuries, bloodborne pathogens, um, what's considered appropriate medical coverage. Um, at the high school level, that might look a little different than at the intercollegiate setting. Um, and, and what kind of dictates that and what drives that decision of how many athletic trainers do we have out at football versus tennis? And does that look different from a practice versus a competition? And does that look different from a home versus an away contest? And what constitutes an away contest? Is an away contest considered anything off your campus? Or is it anything that you're not directly responsible for? Um, example being like um, an NCAA championship game. Maybe you're the host institution, but it's being held at a city facility like a convention center. And so are you? what are you responsible for versus what's the city responsible for or that organization responsible for? Um, nutrition disorders, physical exams, drug testing, the list goes on and on. Um, even things like how do we look at releasing medical information and does that have a legal policy that we need to collaborate with our legal department or our HR department, depending on what our institution looks like? Um, what happens if there's some kind of mass casualty event? Um, and then you can even have clinical procedures, policies and procedures for kind of common everyday type of ailments like an ankle sprain. Maybe everyone who sustains an ankle sprain goes through the same or very similar initial first um, intervention strategy or um, evaluation style as a means to kind of standardize everyone. And that way you can best dictate what resources are going to that patient and why. Another thing that you want to look at with your policies and procedures is your supervision. So as athletic trainers, we work in collaboration with a physician, but the word physician and the word collaboration can be defined very differently from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. And a lot of times we look at that from a state to state perspective. So you heard the words of like, we work under the direction of a, super, of, a, of a supervising physician. Well, what does that word direction mean? And you're gonna get that answer from your state practice act. That's gonna define what that means. Another word you might hear is supervision versus direction, which I've already stated. 
Um, and again, looking back at your practice acts for the state and seeing what those means, that could mean something like you've got to have routine and ongoing communication. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that I've got to be able to pick up the phone and call them and that's good? Do I need to actually have FaceTime, face-to-face conversation? Does text message suffice? These are all things that need to be investigated and then there needs to be a policy and a procedure developed for it. Um, to kind of help with determining what's considered adequate coverage, adequate supervision and all that kind of stuff, the, N- uh, the NATA has put out a few documents and I've highlighted those for you in your unit outline for this um, particular unit. Um, But one specifically looks at intercollegiate athletics. The other one looks at secondary schools. There aren't um, really much guidance out there from the perspective of the other settings that we work in, probably because they just haven't been studied that extensively since they are newer for us. Um, But that doesn't mean that we can't take information from these other documents and adapt them to other settings. So you just kind of have to develop what is the best practices for my my personal situation under the idea of what are state laws, jurisdictional laws, rules, regulations of the organization, so on and so forth. And how does that drive it? Um, there's something that you may come across from time to time as you're, you're developing these types of things in your various roles in your career called healthcare units or HCUs. And these are kind of just an arbitrary unit to kind of help divide your time and show what is your worth and what is your role and responsibility as it looks at your roles and responsibilities of being an athletic trainer. And so generally speaking, we say that 12 HCUs or healthcare units equals one full-time equivalent or an FTE uh, of an athletic trainer. And so you can, you can document your roles and responsibilities as saying that I spend two or three HCUs of my job doing administrative work, for example, and then maybe you have six HCUs is directly dedicated to patient care. And you could even subdivide those even further down if you wanted to. But that's a that's an acceptable way to kind of delineate your roles and responsibilities in your job. Um, the 12 HCUs equaling one full time equivalent is just is a kind of an arbitrary number. It stems from academia and that um, from a teaching perspective, we usually teach are responsible for about 12 credits worth of activities, whether that's teaching, doing service to our university or our community or profession, um, and then to research or other scholarly activities. So that's where the 12 comes from. Another big area that you really need to spend a lot of time considering with regard to these policies and procedures are camps and camp coverage and what that looks like every institution is going to look different as far as what they what those camps not only look like but what they expect say an athletic trainer to do some camps may say or some universities or institutions may say you don't have to cover camps at all or you can cover camps if you want you're going to get extra pay and then you can investigate what that extra pay looks like and who pays you and is it fair and all that kind of stuff or you might be mandated as part of your, your position at that institution to do camps. Um, but nonetheless, you need to have policies and procedures in place as far as what do you consider to be um, acceptable practices when covering camps. So for example, are you gonna act as an athletic trainer? Are you gonna provide orthopedic evaluations, rehab recommendations, referrals, so on and so forth? Or are you gonna work more as like a basic first responder, um, providing kind of just essential emergency care first aid. Um, and then if there's any kind of 
ongoing orthopedic issue or whatever, we're going to end up referring them to primary care, ortho, or the emergency room, urgent care, so on and so forth. So really defining those roles and what you are willing to offer. Um, Again, if you're acting as an athletic trainer, you've got to have a supervising physician. And just because you have a supervising physician for your normal everyday job doesn't mean that that person is going to be responsible for covering you during camps. So you need to have that discussion. And if they say that, no, they don't feel comfortable doing that, then you need to look at either finding another supervising physician or look at playing that role of first responder where you don't necessarily need supervision of the athletic trainer component of that job. Um, and then when you're doing camps, are you considered to be an employee of the institution or are you some kind of independent contractor? And if you're an independent contractor, that opens up a whole nother can of worms because your liability insurance that you may have through your institution is no longer going to cover you for these kinds of activities. So you need to investigate looking at your own professional liability insurance. And even then, if you have an existing professional liability insurance policy, does it cover you for things like this? Or is it really designed to only cover you in your normal everyday job? So you need to look into that and then call the company up and make appropriate changes to your policy, which will probably cause uh, a shift in the um, in your payment for, for that policy. Um, supplies. Who's paying for your supplies? What kind of supplies are you getting? Um, are you going to use your own supplies and then, and then bill the organization that's running the camp are you just expected to just have your own supplies and use them as part of your just responsibilities of being an independent contractor uh, all of these things need to be investigated uh, like eap who's responsible for making the eap or who's responsible for administering the eap for these things what's the chain of command look like for these things if something happens who do i call is there extra documentation i need to worry about um and if they're minors, do I, how does that communication with, with parents or guardians look like? What happens if um, a patient, a, a minor's parents aren't physically present? You know, how are you going to get a hold of those parents? What happens if you can't get a hold of those parents, um, but you've got a coach there? What does that policy look like? Um, how many venues are, or, or locations are you covering? How many participants are you covering? And is it adequately safe for you to do so? Um, are you providing overnight care? Are you staying in the dorms? And if so, what does that look like? Um, what happens if there is something occurring in the middle of the night? How are you ensuring that you're practicing uh, defensive medicine in the sense that you're not going to put yourself at risk for um, any kind of uh, litigation type issues? Um, and then if you have to administer prescription medications, what's your policy for that? Um, so all of these things, and there's tons more that you need to investigate before just willy-nilly committing to covering uh, a camp. Another thing you need to consider is your crisis management intervention. So we've got tons of different healthcare providers that you work with day in, day out. And while maybe your athletic training clinic, your routine every daycare really just revolves with other ATs and maybe occasionally you have a physician come in for clinic, but you know, you've got other healthcare providers, you've got, you know, maybe mental health workers, you've got um, dietitians, nurses, physical therapists, occupational therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, all of these different people that have all these different roles. And so what's their roles and responsibilities in the event that there is some kind of crisis? And you've got to look at the word crisis too, because the crisis is going to look different from situation to situation. Is it a mental health crisis? Is it a uh, communicable disease crisis? 
Is it a um, orthopedic crisis? Maybe there was some kind of mass trauma. There was a bus accident or something along those lines. Um, so what's everyone's roles and responsibilities? And then how do you loop in kind of those other individuals that aren't necessarily going to be first responders like um, administrators or um, the, the media, public relations for your university, for example, or parents or guardians? Um, and then after you've got some kind of crisis, what does your post-intervention reflection look like? You know, what's considered for it to be done in a timely manner? Um, who needs to do it? Is it just the athletic trainer or does anybody, everybody involved need to provide some kind of written statement? Is it on some kind of official form or is it just your routine documentation? Um, and then again, we're thinking about this after the fact and we're reflecting on it. Does this policy need to be changed or adapted in any form or fashion? Where does that policy, where does that, that documentation go? Um, and then are we kind of prophylactically identifying at-risk situations, so what are we doing if we're suspecting a patient is uh, flirting with the idea of a mental health crisis or um, an eating disorder or whatever it may be? What does long-term care look like for our patients? Um, so there's lots of things that you really need to think and consider before you just um, go on and, and just start your practice. You've got to create a policies and procedures. These need to be written. These need to be in a, in a public accessible place for everyone to see. They shouldn't be something that just kind of you've, you've created them and then they just sit in a binder on a shelf somewhere. They need to be reviewed. They need to be understood by all parties uh, and they need to be agreed upon because there may be things that maybe we don't necessarily consider that maybe legal does consider or administration does consider or the media may consider. So things to think about as you move forward with creating policies and procedures um, for your clinical practice in athletic training setting.